the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour. And you know something, kid? Aside from the fact I like to make fun of you because you uh, wear leotards when all the rest of us wear pants, you've got some good taste in music. I was listening to the morning show. He's pulling music. He's a young kid. He's got the old world music. I love that about you. And I will say, um, you make fun of me because I don't really prepare in the standardized way of a Dan Proft, per se, with the man of letters, how he comes in with all his articles, spread out with his Pee Wee Herman jacket on. To me, it's ridiculous. And the reason I don't do that is because, to me, there is a fluctuating flow of news and more often than not, what I've come to notice is that uh, radio hosts who are preparing aren't really preparing. They're rehearsing to give you an echo chamber talking point show. I hate that about radio. I hate that. To me, radio is supposed to be a conversation about the issues of that moment, of that day, based on a fundamental bulwark of principles morality, and Americanism, and the issues you just plug in, because if you hold those principles, that sense of Americanism, you have the answer for all of the issues. And I'll tell you what I mean. I have had you load the audio for the markets, and we're going to get into the fact that they're quantitative easing light, and they're not disclosing it to the people. We'll get into that. But as I stood here, a minute and 46 seconds before the show, I was given this email by one of the listeners. By the way, I am so flattered if you care to participate in the show. It's 312-642-5600. You can reach me on Twitter at Sean, S-H-A-U-N, from EP. Um, and I think it's the same for for uh, the Facebook, Sean from EP. I'm not sure. I didn't do it all. But anyway, um, Lori Lightfoot. I just clicked on it. Damn it. Anyway, Lori Lightfoot. And her new call, not just for the casino and the zones, right? She, she came up with seven zones, as Mike Scott was telling you in the news, where they can sell the marijuana and the casino that is the play. But there's another aspect that went by yesterday, and she is fully going to implement the $15 an hour Chicago business minimum wage law. And they're floating the idea of rent control. And you know what I'm astonished? And I was astonished as I saw... The socialist herd, what are they called, the squad, 
to me they're the squawking bunch of morons. Is that sexist? Because I got news for you. I can't tell if half of them are women or men anyway. So I'm saying that as if they were men as well, mixed in there. Because there are, if you put the Beto O'Rourke's of the world and Pete Buttigieg's. To me, the squad isn't the four girls that are uh, trying to make a, a, a name for themselves. To me, it's just another wing of the special forces of the Karl Marx army. They're fungible to me. It doesn't matter if they're boys or girls or whatever they want to call themselves. Um, but I can't help but notice, as they're saying this, do they have the audacity or do they have such low respect for the people they're saying it to to present it as a new idea, as something we know? We know that all of these concepts fail. This isn't news to us. This is just a rehash of the same socialist, Marxist, Soviet ideas. These are the exact same things. And it's astonishing to me, is it that the Democrats are too, they can't be too stupid to not realize what has happened to the cities that have implemented this, to the neighborhoods that have implemented this. They must understand that when Lori Lightfoot speaks of Look at how beautiful she is. I'm talking about Amy Jacobs. As Lori Lightfoot speaks of seven neighborhoods where she will allow, just listen to the to the verbiage, to what is 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 said but implied. This know nothing half lawyer is going to mandate and dictate the neighborhoods that get what they've deemed as legal. Now, whether you agree in it, with it or not is irrelevant to me. I understand for years that they, uh, that government is implementing a mafia extortion system, only they call it taxes. But it is the Sam Giancana economic plan, and now at least they're out of the closet. They're admitting it. They know that it is mafia economics, gambling, dope, usury tax extortion only instead of break your windows they don't give you the license they'll put you out of business but make no mistake about it this is mafia tactics we call it government just is what it is but as she sits from mount high in her booster seat and talks to men and women and she gets to dictate this to me know nothing gets to decide what neighborhoods get opportunity and access or don't and that's if you if you believe in it. But let's say you don't believe in it, because I can't help but notice I love the, stu- the, the stupid panic of the village people that we call citizens. No, 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 in my town it's still going to be illegal. Oh, okay, like we're going to pretend that your kids aren't going to drive to the other town and drive the price up through a black market, right, dummy? Okay, whatever the case may be. Do you not understand that she is appeasing those people by saying to them, don't worry, I wouldn't dare put this shit in your neighborhood. It is such, an, to me, an example of the reality. They know what it's going to do. Government builds ghettos. It is the ghetto developer extraordinaire. And Lori, little Lori Lightfoot, has decided what neighborhoods will be ghettos and has decided what neighborhoods she'll guarantee will not. Now, what will happen from this will be twofold. One, she'll keep the people who give her money very happy. Because those neighborhoods where she's going to put them, they don't give her money. And that's why they get it. 
Those are the poor, those are the ghetto neighborhoods. Those are the neighborhoods that are guaranteed to remain failures because the government has decided to shove the people who have no political influence to penalize those neighborhoods where they live. So she pays off the people who have been paying her, and she guarantees a a constant stream of increased revenue because now she holds the cards and the threat to put those drug houses in the neighborhoods. It is a win-win, baby. That's what a win-win is. She pays off and guarantees future payment. And all you have to do is be in Lincoln Park. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Lincoln Park is not, not going to get a uh, drug house. They're not going to get it. The Gold Coast, Astor Boulevard. If you live on Astor Boulevard, you're probably an ass. But if you live on Astor Boulevard, you're not going to get one either. No, 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 no. If you live in a good neighborhood, you aren't going to get one. Lake Point Towers, probably not going to be pothouses. Although the people who live in Lake Point Towers on Section 8 guarantee it are smoking pot in a unit. But they have found the perfect way to keep the system the way it is. They have found the perfect way to keep it exactly segregated, whether they want to use that word or not. That's what's going on here. It is exactly segregated to the way in which Lori Lightfoot, a minority mayor, woman, lesbian, is keeping the exact same status quo as all the gangster men before her. These neighborhoods are insulated and protected because that's where the money is. And where do the na- where are the neighborhoods that we'll experiment in? Where are the neighborhoods that we don't give a shit about? Those are the ghettos. And ironically... Her voting base. And all she has to do is buy them off with small money. This is why the system of socialism, the concept of a welfare state, metastasizes to where the people on it become those useful idiots. Chanting for casinos. Chanting for drug houses. Chanting for just more money. And why? Because they're addicted to the failure. And then they could run a story on Channel 7 News where 90% of it is like sitting in a station wagon as your parents drive you through hell, from the nine-year-olds getting shot to the mayhem chaos of robberies and carjackings and businesses that are looted, and then all of a sudden there'll be a news of some 30-year-old ex-con who was just born into this system and now sees that you know there's another way to live and he volunteers his time for pit bull rehabilitation. Ooh, look it. It's a winner. But the reality is we have become so slow cooked in the lobster pot of failure that we can't recognize it anymore. We cannot recognize it anymore. And that's why these ghettos remain ghettos. They're not interested in what does it take to improve them. And that goes to the next atrocity of tyranny. Implemented by little Lori Lightfoot, who may look like a benign, four-foot-two, nice little wonderful woman. But the reality is she's a tyrant, as if she had the Stalin hair. She has now guaranteed that all businesses will pay their employees $15 an hour. Now, I have this gripe. Here's the difference. And here's another thing I want you to focus on. When I do a show and when other people do a show. I feel the exact same way when Republicans do things like this. When they negotiate.
they have no business touching, you idiot. And their authority and their power in between men creating business deals together and saying, no, 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 you got to do it my way. So th- mine is consistent. I'm not just bashing Lori Lightfoot because she's a Democrat, because the reality is that's this, that she's better than half the Republicans that call themselves conservative in Illinois. Anyway, she has deemed that you will pay your employees $15 an hour starting, guaranteed it's the minimum you can start somebody. Now, historically, this is an argument that we won in the 70s. We won it in the 70s, yet we forget, for some reason, to remember the lessons we've learned. We understood in the 70s, when you implement this, you actually are harming the people you say you're trying to help, the unskilled people. Because you're mandating that the business owner pay an extremely, for no good reason, other than there's a body with a pulse there, regardless of its value. And the way in which America was built, you wouldn't believe this or not, but we were actually built without minimum wage laws. There's a reason unions push, by the way, to have minimum wage laws, too, to avoid competition. But anyway, we were built by taking the kids who wear leotards for trousers like our friend in their next room, who know nothing, and being able to say, oh, kid, you, you want to work? I got a little business here. My grandfather with the auto parts store. You know how many kids are walking there? I want to be a stock boy. Now, he had the stock boy that was born into it, me. But he also hired the other kids because he could then pay them and teach both of us and see which one was going to be the better worker. And it inspired me. He was able to take a shot on somebody who didn't know anything because he could say to him, well, what do you want to make? And back then, you know, we're talking about the, the early 80s, maybe late 70s. And the kid would say, well, you know, is there a way I could get $3 an hour? My grandfather would say this, and I used to love this. Yes. In fact, there's a way you get $5 an hour. You know what that way is? You got to be a value to me. So what do you say we're going to start you at 2 an hour? We're going to reevaluate you in seven days. Now we're going to reevaluate you in 21 days. And in a month from now, it's very possible you'll be making above that $3. But for right now, I got to see if you're worth my time. It may not be worth me to order you the shirt with your little name on it. And that's the other thing. We're only going to order that for a month. And you know what would happen in almost every case? That person would show skills of desire or, or they would quit on the third day. And that allowed the employer to see who was good and who was bad. Because what little Lori Lightfoot wants you to think is the same throughout history. That everybody is the same. We all have the same dignity. We all have the same character, the same morality, the same ethics. When the reality is, no, 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 we don't. The problem is we've built a society that rewards those without those things. In fact, it rewards them so much so that those people are now living as if, as the other people who have all those qualities and work their ass off. In the city of Chicago, if you're on every government welfare program, it ranges, depending on how many dependents you have, from $37,000 a year if you only have yourself, upwards of $48,000 a year if you have kids, to do nothing. Well, how could you... How could you look at somebody who's busting his ass and making the same money and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you just doing what this lazy bastard's doing? Working the system, which, by the way, go into a Social Security office, and if they like you, they'll tell you how to work the system. Another scam, they toot they scams. So this is a society that it isn't necessarily about these individual policies. It's about the overarching character. 
because what the government has learned is how to pit people against each other is make it advantageous to be a failure, call them a victim, and call them a victim of their own circumstances rather than a victim of their own choices. And you can have this argument, and what we're going to do from this point forward, and this is back in the 60s when the welfare warfare system was really perfected, what we're going to do is constantly give you raises. And don't worry about those guys working. They'll benefit too. How? I don't know. It's magic, Matt. It'll, it'll all work out. And what you have are cities now that are completely bankrupt, but have these politicians speak to you as if they were economic experts and as if they had the answers, when in fact what they're doing is 180 degrees from the right thing. 180 degrees from the right thing. So I wanted to discuss that as to why I don't simply prepare. That was a long intro, another long intro. As to why I simply don't prepare from yesterday's news. To regurgitate the same bullshit you've heard by every other person. I don't think that's radio. To me. To me, that's rah-rah pep rallies. Of which I don't know why people go to them. But I could never figure it out. I could never figure it out. Even when I played football. What the hell are you all excited about? I'm the guy on the field, right? It's the same thing. Same strategy to me. If the people who held these politicians to account had more of a concept and idea of what exactly the problem and the solution was, well then, ta-da, I guess that the Democrats who were had businesses would say, hey, stupid, I can't afford to give an idiot $15 an hour. In fact, there are days when me as the business owner do not make that. And if you factor in the seven days a week I worry, the hours I worry, and the amount of time I spend, I guarantee you that you're probably looking at 40% of small business owners that don't make $15 an hour. What do you think of that? guarantee you, especially retail, which is the most difficult of all. But that doesn't matter, right? He's rich because he put his name on the lease. He's rich because he took the risk. He's rich because he took the responsibility. That's what you've convinced society to do. And that's how you pit one citizen against another so that the citizen without is extremely comfortable having government misuse its authority to seize the property of the citizen who can And that's how you destroy a society, especially one built on freedom and one built on liberty and one built on property rights. And this argument cuts both ways. Cuts both ways as I listen to some moronic hosts out there chant, chant for the government to break up companies. They don't even understand it. Why? They're controlling the data. Listen to me. Anybody with an IQ over 60 knows when they read this little thing that says in every app on your phone, if you accept it, we have access to your contacts. We have access to your emails. We have access. Don't accept it. Live like a man. Don't cry like a little baby girl, spoiled little girl. I want it every way. I want it. I want it. Make the decision. You're a grown man. You don't want to give up your contacts, email to your access, or access to your email. I get it. I don't, and I don't sign up for a lot of the apps. And I don't use Google, believe it or not. I like Bing. I like that DuckDuckGo mainly because I like the DuckDuckGo saying, name, love it. Once in a while, I'll use Google if I'm lazy, but those are all my decisions. But the idea that so-called conservative Republicans are behind this, they're hurting me, they're not letting me on their website. Create your own fracking thing. It's like me with the podcast. Of course I'd rather do a regular show. I have the opportunity to do a podcast. I don't know if four people are listening or 400. I don't know. 
but I take the opportunity that's, that's afforded to me. I take the best option for me. I could be a whiny little girl. I want the show. I want it. Give it to me. I earned it. I could do all that nonsense. Um, uh, it, that's not how it goes. You make your own choices. You go the hard road. If you don't like Google, then figure it out. It, it, you realize there's actually over 300 search engines out there that you can use, if that's your main thing for Google. You don't like their email? All right, use the other emails. And then maybe you'll educate yourself and learn exactly what the issue is. But if you did that, that might make you dangerous to the powers that be. And that wouldn't make you a good follower. And the one thing is for sure, both Democrats and Republicans only really benefit when there are followers. Only real thrive, really thrive when there are followers. They're not interested in you being a thinker. Now, I can agree, by the way, with a lot of these tribes, especially in things like what's going on with Lewandowski. And if you listen to when I filled in for Joe Walsh a year and a half ago, all this stuff we're talking about like it's new news. Of course, the FISA court fudged the, the, the uh, application for the FISA warrant. That's what the freaking FISA court is for. It's to circumvent your due process. It's to expedite. The, the, the authority of government over the citizen. It always was, like the Patriot Act. Don't cry to me because all of a sudden, hey, welcome to the world. Look at this. The sun is bright when there are no clouds. Isn't that amazing? No shit. If you're against the FISA warrant, and by the way, you should be, you should have been against the whole thing the whole time. You realize this is they're getting warrants on people without presenting the other side of it? What the hell is that? But it makes you feel safe and warm and fuzzy. So you let it go. I said uh, over a year and a half ago this was an abuse of the FISA court system. That, of course, every application for the FISA court is an abuse of the fucking... Uh, I almost swear. I did swear. Of the freaking FISA court system. Because the FISA court system is meant to be abused. It was created to be abused. Now, does it stop bad things from happening? Yes. But it also doesn't. I give you September 11th. Where was the FISA court on all these guys that were paid for by Saudis? 15 of the 19 terrorists paid for. Their expenses paid for. Documentation that Mueller covered up. So, of course, we can agree. You should agree on principles. You should agree when things are right. You don't agree when they're wrong. So, this this new enlightenment that I turn on the radio no matter what time of day and it's the same. Blah, 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 blah. Well, no shit, Sherlock. And that's how you knew it was a scam. And that's the beauty of what Trump does. And that's the be. I'll tell you what, I don't like Corey Lewandowski. He's got that narrow head and that stupid thousand-yard stare. But he was great yesterday. Absolutely great. I got all the clips here. You really want to, you probably heard him on Dan's show. There's no point to hear him. What I want to talk about is more the fundamentals and the character of the people. Because if you can cure that, that's the only way you change the true traje- trajectory of, of uh, the nation. That's why when you get Republicans in there that don't really give a shit about fundamentals and principles, then you know what? You just got Democrats in nice suits. And to me, that's what I see right now. Everything from the, from the collectivism to the financial malfeasance and fraud. And that's more what I wanted to talk to you about. The financial malfeasance and fraud. Because what's going on right now with the quantitative easing under the table without the authority of Congress is a crime. Sorry, it's a crime. And the idea that it's just being compounded on our debt to lie to the American people, to fraud the American people. It's almost as sickening as when... The current uh, President Trump 
rightfully made fun of Barack Obama's economic numbers where it was hysterical. I used to look forward to when his con- he'd comment on the economic numbers. And he gets in the office and he puts his arms around them. <laughs> Mind-boggling to me. But here, I want you to kind of hear it from the experts. This is CNBC yesterday. wanted to alert you from, about a headline from the New York Federal Reserve, which says it will conduct another overnight repo operation tomorrow at 8.15 a.m. Eastern. So now, I think it's this clip that goes on to explain what a repo is. A repo is not a repossession. A repo is a banking trick to where they're, they're, they're hurrying up to cover money that they were supposed to have on hand, but they don't. I think this explains it, but I wanted you to understand that. I wanted to alert you from, about a headline from the New York Federal Reserve, which says it will conduct another overnight repo operation tomorrow at 8.15 a.m. Eastern. This follows a similar operation earlier today after overnight repo rates surged above the Fed's target rate in English. Basically, the Federal Reserve is going to take action again for second day in a row for the first time in a decade to calm the money markets after a key measure of short-term lending spiked overnight. Despite the fact, Mike, that the rate has collapsed again today, so uh, still just a rumbling along of this issue. Yeah, they're obviously on alert for the fact that there may be be clogs. They want to stand ready to inject cash into into these uh, overnight uh, funding markets as needed. So I do think it's more of a reassuring of the market at this point. Well, I mean, they need to quell it because it's affecting the effective Fed funds rate, which is a broader lending rate for the economy. Exactly. So the New York Fed has to ensure that, in fact, the Fed can hit the target rate, which is uh, in a range usually uh, spanning a quarter point. So now this is a technical thing that you heard. But make no mistake what this is. This is a cover-up. This is a cover-up of a soft QE. It's a QE, and you might hear that today. You might hear it on certain business stations. This is a soft buyback of quantitative easing to cover really low interest rate forced lending that they were supposed to have money on hand for. And this is overnight lending. That's what the repo market is. Okay. So when they don't have bank to bank, so it's, a, it's, it's really a, it's, a, it, it's, it's an aspect of banking where they're, they figured out a way to monetize their failure, where they're making money on the, on the fact that they don't have money in some cases but they can create loans where they, in essence, instead of banking, they become loan officers. And who's the end borrower and who's the end guarantor? I mean, uh, a lender and the end guarantor? You, the American people. All done in the dark of night. And it's, it's, it's troubling because if this is happening at the same time you're told on every business channel, from every, every echo chamber talking point host, how great the economy is. And I am here to tell you this is an extremely troubling sign. In fact, this is the exact type of thing that happened about seven, eight months before the implosion of our economy. This is the same thing. Now, somebody needs to shed some light, and somebody needs to take care of this. Because it isn't going to matter what side of the aisle you're on. This affects all of us. See, ultimately what happens is when the people understand First off, we're not really united. We could call ourselves America, but to me to call ourselves United States has always been stupid. We uh, killed 700,000 of each other just to prove that we're not united, and we basically set forward that any, any dissidents will not be tolerated. So you're united under the threat of force. And why? For this kind of shenanigans. By the way, this was the original shenanigans, too. Where a few people in Washington are making others who have nothing to do with it cover obligations they normally wouldn't cover. So let's uh, let me get a little more explanation on this. We're a lot closer to recession today than we are a year ago. And this, the market is certainly pricing in 
a recession 12 to 18 months out. We saw the inversion of the yield curve. But the more likely scenario is that we continue this lower and slower growth for longer. So we're likely to continue to decelerate without actually dipping into recession, but that's without any type of external risk that could happen. And that is where we're seeing significantly more uptick, whether it's what's going on in the Middle East, oil spikes, or we're seeing a continued trade tension or a miscommunication by the Fed. The market keeps wanting more. If they underperform, if they underrepresent, will they reduce low? Let me ask the same question to David Speak, and then I'm going to come to you. David, what do you think? A, a possibility, uh, remote, larger, better than 50 percent that there's a recession next year? You know, as far as the market's concerned, Tyler, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters at all because what? we've clearly got a declining growth in the economy, declining growth in earnings. And I don't think there's any reason for stocks to continue to go up in this environment. So whether we have a slow growth environment or a recession, stocks really don't have a reason to go higher. And a Fed rate cut right now really doesn't change that fact. So, Tillman, you touch a lot of consumers every single day in this country. You run a lot of different businesses. You understand the credit markets. When we asked you in a pre-interview whether there was likely to be a recession in 2020, your answer was not definitely. Now, that's different than saying definitely not. (laughs) You know, obviously, we're in a slow growth environment right now. But there's not that catalyst to, to create a recession Unemployment is at an all-time low, okay? The leverage markets are still very, very good, and there's not going to be the defaults because you don't have any covenants on the debt. And so unless there's a maturity and you're in a recession, there there is going to be no problem in refinancing. So you have to have a catalyst. Everybody got up here tonight over the weekend about the Saudi Arabia explosions, and I said, they're going to be up and running in a few weeks. They've already said that. They're not going to lie to us. And, no. and uh, here they say it today, and, and, and oil's gone back the other way. There's not a catalyst. Could we have a slowdown? Absolutely. I don't- Here's the problem. Here's what they're not talking about. The catalyst is quite simple, and I see this as a small businessman. This is a credit-run economy. They are pumping credit into small businesses and large in hopes that it shows up in spending the way in which growth does. They are wrong. They are wrong. That doesn't happen. Do they spend some of it in the way in which they would spend growth? Maybe. But what they really do is refinance their bad old debt. And that is a net loser to the economy. This is what they're not talking about. And this is the trouble I see on the horizon. Because the reality is it's corporate debt and individual debt that will shatter everything. Do you know how many big major companies, both big, middle, and small, are 60, 70 days from missing credit payments? That's not like missing a rent and working it out with your landscaper. I mean, uh, with your landlord. This is, this is big. But he said something that I found interesting. They're open-ended debt. And that's because you know. That's, I mean, that's a tip that how you know that this is only credit-fueled, that this entire economy has been, since the crash, credit-fueled, not growth-fueled. Those are two different things, even though the outcome appears to be the same. And it shows in not just your national debt, which is astronomically high. He's breaking the record in which Obama set pace. It shows in the individual debt, which is at record levels, in the trillions that the American people are in debt. It is the land of the walking bankrupt out there. And this is troubling stuff. 
to, to, to fix it, you cannot continue to lie. This is why the president demands to force low interest rates, continue massive spending, and also try to reestablish an open quantitative easing as opposed to the closed one that happened last night. These are technical things. I understand that. I know this isn't this isn't something I'll do when I fill in for Joe Walsh's show or whatever they call it now. When it's my show, it's the Slap and Tickle Hour. Um, but this is important because if you're listening to this podcast, you're already kind of aware. You're a little bit more up on the economy. This is important because this, but you can save yourself. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to have to weather this storm. So how do you weather this storm? It's very simple. Have no debt. And people look at you, what do you mean you have no debt? Everyone else is telling I have debt. Listen, I own three businesses. I cannot tell you in the last week how many people have called the Elmer Cigar House and said, I got 65000 for you. They're calling me Doug. The stupid son of a bitch doesn't even know my name. They're giving you 65000 6.5% because they're middling it. It's, it's what has happened to factoring. Factoring years ago used to be where, where, where guys, um, I actually had a factoring company, kid, do you know that? Anyway, it used to be where guys would give you loans on your assets of the business rather than the business, and they could charge you extremely high interest rates. Well, now the extremely high interest rate is 6.5%. And to the, to the borrowers, that's no big deal, especially if it's a no-doc loan, basically. But that leads to calamity. This is what I'm saying to you. These loans were not available prior to this president. This president has done one thing for certain that no one is talking about. He has stoked and opened up the credit market much broader than Obama's did. And although that sounds great, it ain't great. Because we needed, we never really took the medicine we, had, we should have for 2008. In fact, they're repackaging loans in the same way again. So you're going to have a new derivative calamity. I know we haven't heard that word derivative since 08. There will be a new derivative calamity, and it will be in corporate lending. They're going to put them together, they're going to misrate them, and they're going to sell it to pensions, they're going to sell it to long-term investors, and they're going to sell it to insurance companies in the same way they did in 08, because that's who gets killed with these low interest rates. They're looking for, for security. The problem is they often find fake security, kind of like the American citizen. So I know I got a little technical. Sorry to do that. But today's my last podcast of the week. I will be on tomorrow, Joe Walsh's show, 5 to 7. And I can't talk in depth about this stuff. It's another thing that bothers me. I've gotten criticism, and I like criticism. And the criticism I, I, I got is, you know, sometimes you go a little bit too uh, um, economic, a little bit too money-oriented. Well, what the shit is the whole thing about if it's not the freaking money? I mean, is this is this what gets... I, I, I don't know. Is this what gets radio? Is this what people want? Ra, ra, shish, boom, ba. Look at His hips aren't big. His wife must love him. Everything is great. I like to state the damn obvious. And it's not about Trump per se. I said the same, the same exact thing when the freaking Democrats did it. Now the Republicans do it. Why isn't everyone else? I can't figure. I can't wrap my head around this kid. What is it about people that they want to follow a Pied Piper of bullshit? Bullshit. Credit, fixed numbers, phony government spending, massive debt. What the hell is so mesmerizing? Huh? Are you just so browbeat that you're just looking for anybody who says he loves you? I mean, this must be, I got, you know, I never got into to, to, to the late night picking up the girls that nobody else would take. I always wanted the best one. I was silly that way. I still want the best answer. I still want the best answer. 
I don't want just what's lying around and says it loves me back. I shouldn't have got into my uh, 1980 dating habits, but we'll get into that maybe tomorrow on the Joe Walsh Show. I'll be doing that 5 to 7, slap and tickle Chicago drive time. I hope you call, even though no one called today. A lot of jerks out there. I say we start recording this thing. I got other stuff to do. All right, listen, I've had a good time. I hope you have. Thank you so much for listening to this show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.